Good morning, and welcome to Oikos. He just stole my line. I was just going to say, did everyone have a good Happy New Year? Yes. And a Merry Christmas? Awesome. Um, we are doing a new thing. It's called New Beginnings. This is a series that we'll be running through. We're actually going through the book of Genesis. And so we'll be in that for the next six weeks. So as we go, I want you to go with us. And so there's going to be a text that we want you to get onto each day. You may not read all of it, and that's okay if you don't read all of it. I want you to read some of it. So in Genesis, you're going to go into the first chapter and the second chapter. That's what I'm preaching on today. Then this week, we're going to go through a little bit more of Genesis, and the message will be on what you will read this week. So how do you do that? So we have this thing called the Moravian text that we follow. And every morning, Monday through Thursday, staff and other people get together at Target in downtown, and we read and discuss a little portion of that text. So how do you get on it? What I want you to do, you can either go to the website, and there's probably not a link to it yet, but there will be soon because Jason just heard this. And so he's going to make sure that we have a text that is a link to how to get onto the Moravian text. However, how many of you are on the weekly email? How many of you get a weekly email from Oikos Church? Look at that. So like five of you get the weekly email. <laughs> so those of you that get the weekly email, did you see those who don't? Okay, raise your hands again if you got the weekly email. First of all, I want us to give a round of thanks to God for Kendra Lefevre. So Kendra, you don't have to stand up because you're, you're busy. But Kendra makes sure that that gets out. And the way she makes sure that the email gets out is that she tells us what we're supposed to do so that she can have all the information to send it out. So we listen to Kendra every week on Tuesday. And she says, I think we need to do this, 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 and this. And we go, okay. So we do it. And she sends that email out. If you don't get the email, it's easy. You go to the website. You just click on a connect. And then you'll click in. You'll fill in your email address. Make sure it's sent to something that you want to receive it. And she's going to have a link in the email so that we can connect to the Moravian text as well. All it is is a, a reading. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. You get it in your email box every day. And I know email, some of you are like, ugh. I've got like 200 messages on my email right now that I haven't read. But I would really love for you to read this one. All you're going to get is two verses and a prayer. And then you're going to get a few other readings that you can do if you want to. Now, I'm really going to highly suggest that you read it because we believe here at Oikos Church that we're changed because God speaks to us. Amen? How can he speak to us if we don't hear his word? How can we hear his word if someone's not reading it to us or we're reading it ourselves? You know, our life is like this. Honestly, our life is like there's dirt all over the place. So here, see this? 
This little, does everybody see this? You can't see it. <laughs> Liars. You're in church. See this little speck? <laughs> it's not even there anymore because it fell off. Here's another one. This little speck right here. It's on this corner right here. You can't see this corner, but there's a little corner right here. Our life is that little speck that we're preparing for this entire eternity with God. What I want you to do with your little speck is prepare for that. How can we prepare if we don't do a little bit of reading God's word so that we can learn who he is? And that's what we're going to do this entire year. We're going to try to go through the Bible. You guys excited? Because I'm excited. And if you're not excited, then every week you're going to hear me say how excited I am. And you're going to go... I didn't read the email. <laughs> I didn't get connected to the weekly email. I'm not reading the Bible. But I don't want that to happen to you and then you get all guilty and go, so I'm just not gonna get started ever. If you have those three things happen by next week, I want you to start a new beginning. So today we're starting a new beginning. We will be a people who read God's word. Today we're starting a new beginning. We'll be a people who listen to God's word. Today we're starting a new beginning. We are a people who will not just listen to God's word, but we will respond. We know that God does amazing things when we go to him. He loves us. When we go to him, he does amazing things in us, that we can then go to each other. We can encourage that person who hasn't heard God's word for a while. We can sign them up for the email that they're too lazy to do themselves. We can send God's word to them. Man, God's given us so much awesome stuff at this day and age to send a text of God's word. Not send a text of, man, my day really, mm, you know. But instead, send a text that has his word. Send an email that has his word. Give a phone call and pray with that person with his word. What would look, how would it look different in your life and in mine? If we acted as a family and instead of using our words, we used God's words. What if before you said something to someone, no matter how irritated you are with them, you pause for a moment and thought about, is this what God wants me to say? Or is this what the corrupted Aaron wants me to say? Now, don't put me in there. Like, <laughs> I'm using I'm this personal example here. So you can put, insert your name. Don't put me in there. But when we go to each other, we encourage and strengthen one another so that we can go out to people who aren't hearing God's word, who aren't receiving a text with God's word, 
who go through their day and they haven't seen God's word for a long time, even if God's word is on a shelf in their house. We can be that people, right? Okay, so that's why we're excited. So today we're going to be into Genesis, and to get started into Genesis, take a look at this video. We're in Genesis chapter 1.
Genesis chapter 1. We're going to focus in just a couple verses. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Genesis is super easy to find. <laughs> go to the very beginning, first page. Well, after, you know, after all this stuff, the index and all that kind of stuff. Go right to the first page and you'll find Genesis chapter 1. We're in verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We bear his imprint. And I want you to just think about that for a moment because we often pass over this very quickly. But God has touched you when he created you. We have all been touched by God. I was an art major in college. You may have been surprised to find that out, but I was an art major, studio art major. And one of the classes I had was sculpture, and we had to create a bust of a person. So we had a model in the room, and they kind of sat on a chair kind of like this, and they would sit there for a long time. And then all these art students, and I was one of them, we would begin, and we started with clay. And so with clay, you get just this unidentifiable mound of clay, and you just start pushing and pressing and pulling and tearing as you slowly form this clay into this bust. And as I've worked on the head and the face of my sculpture, I was pushing and pulling and pressing. I made a nose and some eyes, the hair, the ears, and before you knew it, the image of the model was before me. But in my sculpture, my thumbprints and handprints and palm prints were all over it. That's what God does with each of us. His thumbprints and handprints are all over us. All over us. It's an intimate perfect, wonderful thing that he does with each and every one of us. But I think sometimes we forget that. We forget how much he loved us to create us and make us the pinnacle of his creation so that we would not only represent him, but we would be made in his image so that as we would go out to the world all would know that we are a reflection of God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. This is in verse 22. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. 
God created man and woman to be a team. One in unity. Representing the wholeness of him. He created them to work together, to love one another, to walk together as they walk with him. But I think we also forget that. Though we say we know it, how many of you knew that you were created by God? Before you even walked in here today, you knew you were created by God. And if you looked at the message series and he said New Beginnings and it was Genesis, how many of you knew the creation story? You knew it. You know how many times I tell people, Jesus loves you, and they go, I know. Do they live like Jesus loves them? Oftentimes not. Because what we know is not always what we live. Sometimes it's just up here. We know it. We know we should read the Bible. How many are you with me? (laughs) We know we should read the Bible. We know there's power and life and truth. But what we know is not what we always do. We know, we know, we know, and I know you all know this because you're here today. We know we should be in worship and worship the Lord. Right? Oh, yes, we do. And you feel good because you're here today. It's on the days that you're not that you go, I know I should go, but, right? I'm a pastor, and I think I've said it at least once or twice. I know I should go, but We want to not live in the image of God. Oftentimes, we want to make God into our image. Go ahead and take a look at this next video. how we've experienced him and how we've experienced him and how we've experienced other more so. So when you ask people how you feel about God, they say, well, God is good and forgiving and accepting and merciful and all of that. And we say, how does God feel about you? Well, the answer's always different. God just agrees with you. He's trying to determine what's going on. He wishes God would put himself together or he's not paying attention to you. I think that um, because God is a relationship, and he's a relationship that someone can't see, um, we tend to, to perceive relationships with others sort of in a consistent way. Like, I'm used to people perceiving me this way. I'm used to people treating me this way. I'm used to people thinking of me this way. And so when I relate to God, I tend to take all of that stuff and put it on him as well. Even though intellectually I know those things aren't true, but when I'm relating to him, I'm afraid that just like, you know, my own father or my teacher or my coach thought blank about me um, or treated me this way, but that's also true about my relationship with God. It's another relationship. And, you know, when we know what we've experienced and take this that we've ever experienced and say, oh, because God must think that about me too. Those messages from 
from our history, from our childhood, because they're very powerful. And they tend to continue to have power over everyone, including us. So we all walked in today, and I think we all walked in with a past, a history that we walked into the door with. For some of us, we have a history that it's relatively mostly good, but there's some areas that we remember where there was critical hurt done to our heart, whether that was done by our parents or that was done by some friends in junior high or in high school or by a sibling or by the person that we thought we would spend the rest of our life together. But there's a divorce or a sickness and we've walked into the door with that. What we often do is we take that And we superimpose that upon God. And rather than believing that he's a good and gracious God, we reflect more on our fear. We live out of our fear and our hurt because that's what we've experienced. God will bring you into his experience the more you listen to his word the more you do the things that he created you to do. He created us to worship. The more you worship, the more you experience God. It's just the way it is. He has called us to experience his sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. So the more you eat of his body and drink of his blood, the more you experience God. He is very open and simple to receiving each of you. But we put in our mind that he must be more like me. So if I get upset with someone, maybe I push him away. So you look at God and you go, I bet he does the same thing with me. When he gets upset with me, he just pushes me away. Or I got kicked out of my house when I was a kid. And my parents said not to come back. That's not true, but I'm just giving you examples. Because my mom and dad might be listening and be like, what? What's he talking about? But maybe I was kicked out as a kid. And they said, you can't come back. Maybe I deserved it. So I superimpose that and I put that on God and go, I bet he does the same thing. I bet if I mess up, he just kicks me out and I can't come back. Maybe you're just a screw-up. How many screw-ups are there? You, you got to all raise your hands. Otherwise, I'm going to make fun of you. And then you'll be a screw-up. So, raise your hand. We're all screw-ups. We mess up. And maybe your boss said, that's too big of a screw-up. You're fired. So we superimpose that on God, and we go, I bet God reacts the same way even though we know the story of the prodigal son, where he stands there and he just waits for his son to come home. The father, the good father, says, come home. And he's actually watching for his son, waiting, waiting, and waiting for him to come home. Waiting for him to come home. 
waiting for him to come home. And the moment that he sees him, he does not wait for him to walk all the way. He runs to his son. That is who God is. Not what we've experienced in this life that we put upon God. He's a good, good father. And as people of Oikos Church, I want us to represent who he really is, not who we make him into be. Not our image, because our image is not good. It's imperfect. But who he's making us to be. The image of God is so important, and that's why in New Beginnings, that's where I always want you to return. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? Well, that's kind of dropping, huh? No one wants to do that anymore. So there's like three New Year's resolutions. Frank, did you raise your hand? What was your New Year's resolution? You're on the spot. A better relationship with your mom. So in your better relationship with your mom, where I want you to start, and I bet there's several people out here that want the same thing. I want you to start with your identity with God. Because you won't have a better relationship with your mom if you don't represent the one who created you. And all the words that you say to her and the ways you react to whatever words she says to you and how you love her. You see how that works? You want something new this year? I want you to start with God and the identity that he gave you. And the only way you can get into your identity is by seeking out and searching him and learning about him. Because once you know the Father, you know who you are. Because automatically, son or daughter. The story of God is one of love. From the very beginning to the end. So as we go through the Bible this year, we are going to read one, two, three, four thousand times how much God loves us and what he did to make sure that that would happen. Now we know that, we know God loves us, right? We all know that, but we don't live it. So our challenge this year is to live like God loves you. Live like God loves you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says this. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his... He calls us his what? And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. There are two parts in this verse that's awesome. One is the moment that you know the Father is a moment that you are his child. That's it. When you don't know him, you're not his child. The moment you know him, you become his child. And he's a good father. So everything that you wanted in your father that he was not, God is. And everything your father is that is good and wonderful. Some of us have awesome dads. My dad just turned 81 yesterday. 
And guess what? He wasn't perfect. In fact, guess what? 81 years of trying and he's still not perfect. But God's done something in his heart and he's done some incredible things that I could only hope to be. And of those good things I know only occurred because God's his father. And the things that he is not, I have a father in heaven that's calling me to become. Once you know the father, you live as his child. So if you're not living as his child, come back and say, Abba, Daddy, God, teach me about you. Tell me about you. Sit down with me again as your son, as your daughter, and let me hear your sweet voice whisper in my ear that you love me. And there's nothing I can do to increase that love. All I do is receive it. Thank you for letting me know you. Because my little speck of life here on earth you have prepared an eternity for me with you, the perfect and wonderful Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've given us this time to look at our identity, and look at the image that you formed us into. We don't recognize all your thumbprints upon us, Lord. But we pray that through this year, we would start to identify them and see them. That you made us into something very special and wonderful and good. And you're making us into something even better. You are changing us and refining us. But most importantly, Lord, Lord through the redemption of your son, You've renewed us. We thank you that Jesus found us worthy enough to come down and die for us. Lord, we celebrated his birth, that he became flesh, that the word became flesh. So as we read your word this week and this year, it's not something that's dead it's living, Lord, because it's Jesus. Every time we open up and read your word, the words of Jesus, the voice of Jesus is speaking to us. Help us to get to know Jesus this year, Lord. Help us to understand who the Father is, Lord. And may your spirit richly and powerfully dwell in us preparing us for what we have ahead. In your name we pray, amen.